Stokes, and with me today I have uh, Mr. Willie Thompson. Which you want? <laughs> nothing off you, mate, nothing at all. Oh, oh, well, I don't know, it depends what you're offering, really. I can have any money you're offering, or uh, beer, or anything uh, nice. Let's not go there. Okay, we <laughs> Get wrong. I don't want any of the things you're offering, and that's fine. And uh, also not wanting any of the things he's offering, um, I don't want anything from Mr. Derek. How do you know? I could have some amazing shit. <laughs> I've, I've seen his shit. It's, it's overrated. I'm not going to have some juice. We're starting on a dark turn already, you boys. What's this yeah. So here we are again, um, having a nice summertime. I mean, podcasting. Uh, it's a bit too hot, so um, if you can hear me sweating profusely on the mic, don't be surprised. Um, what's it like up in the frozen wastes of the north, boys? Uh, it's pretty nice up here. Uh, it's, it's been absolutely roasting. It uh, is. Not comfortable. You've got the old uh, Commonwealth Games outside your living room window, to you well. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I slept through the marathon this morning. It ran right past my house and I forgot. See, if you're doing the marathon, I recommend sleeping through it because that's probably the best way to win the race, just uh, <laughs> n- not feel the pain of 26 miles. Yeah, um, but I, I fully intended to get up for that this morning. Yeah, sleeping's a bit of a problem in this heat. We'll, we'll blame it on the heat and not the fact that you're uh, touching yourself too much. So we haven't, um, I don't think we've got a massive amount to speak to, obviously we're still in the blooming summertime and there's still nothing to talk about, uh, but there are a couple of little gems we're going to talk about today and uh, I suppose, should we start big or should we start small? Small. Okay, starting small, uh, well it's not really small is it, because it's kind of worldwide. The other day I said to you Will, um, that I'd downloaded a new app, but it was new to me, I know it's been out a little while, um, and that app was Ingress, which is Google's kind of augmented reality geocaching sort of app thing. Is that a good description of it, do you think? Yeah, yeah. With a tiny bit of uh, tower defence flung in. A little bit, yeah, a little bit of tower defence. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so yeah, Ingress is um, a game that's out on iOS. It's probably out on uh, Android as well, given that it's a Google game. And what it is, is a global struggle between two sides of uh, a big war who are um, trying to gain territory and save humanity from each other or from something else. So, so you've paid attention. The story. To the, you've paid attention to the story, <laughs> have you? Then? Well, no, not really. I yeah. haven't, to be honest with you. I was just pressing things on the screen. Tell us all. So, what has happened is, um, you know, your uh, CERN labs that when they were they built the had built the hadron collider to try and I don't know investigate the Higgs boson, whatever it was. I don't know. I don't know enough about what? that, but. Either way... See, found... I know the science bit. I don't know the story bit. <laughs> well, either way, uh, apparently they fired the Hadron Collider and they discovered a, a, a thing called exotic matter, uh, which exists all over the world, but now we're, we're able to see it. But I think, I think it's, it's supposed to have just came as a result of that experiment, supposed to be. Apparently, large build-ups of this exotic matter create portals and there are life forms coming through the portals. So there are two factions. You've got the Enlightened, which Yay. I believe you are. <laughs> you're in, Jace. 
and they believe that the the creatures who are coming through the portals are going to bring us enlightenment and bring in a new, uh, you know, what I mean, a new, a new kind of stage in like human a evolution. golden age of yeah, human evolution. Yeah. Pretty much. And on the other side, you have the rebels. Yay! <laughs> who they believe that these entities are coming through to cause us harm. But obviously that's just a little bit of flavour text, but in amongst it as well. I don't know if you've noticed, Jace, but you, you unlock um, videos. Yeah, I've seen a couple of the YouTube videos uh, trying to set, set the scene a bit on that bit. They're a bit corny, aren't they? But I like what they're doing. I like the way they're using the YouTube videos to try and make it out as if this stuff is actually all happening. Yeah, it's good. It's obviously with it owned by Google and stuff, and it, it was obviously built all around all the Google services because Google Plus is built in and uh, Google Maps is built into it and stuff. So it's bringing all their services together to, to make an enjoyable entertainment medium, if you like. As we say, you get these little YouTube videos, and there's uh, yeah. the one where it's the, the two sisters supposed to be, and they're pretending to be people who are playing the game. But uh, if you watch the videos, there's always little things that link that make it sound as if they're being watched in real life by people and one of them got like goggles delivered to the door by an unknown like recipient or sender sorry who um she she's supposed to have now goggles that lets her see the dark uh, the exotic material when she's walking about and stuff but yeah the, the the story itself is is very corny and it's just there as a reason for what you're doing in it it's just to give it some sort of context, isn't it? And stop it just being lines and things and squiggles on the screen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the way you play this game, you know, um, obviously the, without the, all this story taken into effect, you, you effectively turn the um, app on on your phone. It links to your GPS and shows where you are um, on, a, on a Google map. And you'll see um, different things on this map and it'll point you to where these portals are. Um, and you can walk around the streets and stuff and you, you when you get the you've got a, a scanner range you've got like a, a range where you can you can scan the area and when, once one of these portals is inside your scanner range you can then do actions on that portal so you can hack it you can try and take control of it if it's an enemy one you can um, launch attacks onto it um do you want to tell us about some of the things you can do with the portals will well as as you say the biggest thing is the the, the thing that you're going to be doing everywhere is the hacking and you can hack friendly and enemy portals and it does two things for you the first thing is it gets you inventory items so like you, you'll get what is it XP busters is the weapons I think so yeah Yeah, you get you get these um, XP busters that every time you fire a shot you use one of these up so it's, it's essentially your gun and ammo at the same time so you, you basically you, you'll spend a long time walking about hacking things to try and get more weapons and stuff like that uh, you also get the what do you call them? The the generators, the re- resonators. Resonators, yeah, that's the ones. Uh, you use those to take over the portals, don't you? And um, I think there's like eight slots to to put these resonators in before you can properly yeah. own a portal and link them together. Yeah, and the uh, the most important thing is you get the you, you generally get the portal key, uh, which is nice for later on. But as you see, you can use these resonators if, if it's an empty portal. Which I've found a few times. You found any empty ones, Jess? I found lots of those uh, today. Yeah, it's and weird the how they, they show up empty because surely, if anyone's blowing these portals up, surely they're known to leave a resonator on it and, and keep it for themselves. I don't know. Sometimes um, when I've been attacking, I, I haven't had any resonators left because I've used them all on a previous portal. So I've um, 
I've, I've, I've found that I haven't got any to put down occasionally, so maybe it's that. Right, okay. But yeah, the idea is you can put down, if you put down one resonator, you claim the portal for your side, you get a bunch of experience, and your global side gets points, and it's like a, it's a, a balancing thing, and it's a bit trying to keep your side having more points than the other side. I've not really taken to do with that, to be honest, I don't even really look at how what side's winning, do you, Jace? No, I think it's too big to be worried about, but you can drill down from the global thing, you can drill down into countries and regions, so you can get like a, a county sort of size thing, so I take more interest in um, how that's going. But then yeah. again, I've, I've been doing it in different places around the country the last few weeks, so um, uh, it doesn't really make any uh, I'll need difference. to take a look, because I've only ever seen the global one, so I'd like to at least see how well it's doing in Glasgow, and you can try and... Uh, Try and make sure your side's winning. Yeah, it's all within the same page, so you just drill down <coughs> into the, into the, the levels on that on that same page. Yeah, um, you can put your resonators. So as you see, you get eight slots for resonators, um, and the, the resonators have levels that the higher the level. I don't know if it gets you more points, but I do know that the the higher level resonators uh, are harder to destroy, so it's very worthwhile having um, some some eight level eight resonators if you're if you're up at that level. But the most important thing is, in the, have you done this yet? Have you linked any portals yet? No, because I didn't watch all the tutorial things and didn't go through all the tutorials. Um, today I had a perfect chance to link some together because there were about six right in, in where I was. Yeah. And I could have linked them all together because I owned most of them, but I, I didn't actually do it. But uh, now I've read into how to do it. So once you've uh, placed resonators at all the positions on a portal, you can then link that to another one that that's fully populated as well. So you can um, you can effectively link three or more portals together to make um, like a, an enclosed field within that. Mm-hmm. And in the context of the game, that field is an area where you're saving hum- saving the the people that live within that area from the yeah. aliens, if you like. Also, if you have a linked portal, um, the more other portals it's linked to, puts the defense up slightly, apparently. Okay. So that's quite good to have as well. Uh, the thing about it, that's where the portal keys come in. Um, so you can only link it to one a portal that you have the key for. So you yep. don't need to have the portal to the one that you're standing at, the one that you're currently linking, but you need to link it to one you have a key for. And there can't be any other portal links in the way, like even friendly ones. Oh, okay. So there needs to be a clear line of sight between both portals. So it can That's why I was probably trying to do it wrong today because I was trying to do one from where I was earlier to where I was when I came home. So um, there was obviously lots of things in the way there. Yeah, uh, I don't know what the range is on that, but the the interesting thing about it is, and if you watch the videos that they get, they talk about um, global events that go on, okay. and there was they were talking about two different um, campaigns that the sides had done, and I think it was a uh, Operation Blue Curtain where the rebels had actually managed to cover a large percentage of the top of like, from the, the top of the world all the way down and the world actually looked like a giant blue like, orb from the top. Crazy. Yeah, and there was another one they were talking about a campaign where they had linked um they'd all worked together to link from Hawaii all the way up to was it the top of California or something like that. It was, so it sounds like there's, they do conventions and all sorts of this stuff. Obviously, I'm not getting involved in that, but 
Well, I noticed that the other day there was a notification came up that there was a big event in San Diego where they wanted lots of people to get together at a place and, and um, take over an area. So yeah. That sort of thing. is It's like bringing people together to do um, like a mass geocaching sort of thing. Yeah, it's, as I say, it's very interesting. The, the chat feature on the game is worldwide. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I think you can, do, again, you can do that worldwide or region or you can do to your own side or um, there's lots of different... Uh, modifiers on that as well. Right, you'll need to tell me how to do that then, because I've only ever seen the worldwide chat, and again, I would be very interested in talking to people in my local area about what what people are getting up to and stuff like that, so uh, you'll need to show me that at one point. But, as I say, with the chat being worldwide, you can be involved in the, the conversations that are happening. It's just the fact that most of it's in bloody German or French or Spanish or something. It's, it's not always that I can read what people are saying. Yeah, it's quite interesting the fact that it is so worldwide, obviously because it's a free app and, and Google's obviously everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen when it loads up and you can see the, the world as it spins around? Um, you can see where there's like the least populated areas where there's nobody's going to have mobiles and stuff like that. Like all yeah. of Africa effectively doesn't have any portals and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, right up in that, obviously in the Arctic region, there's, there's no portals up there. And uh, no, that's quite interesting. Like the, the big barren areas, the big desert areas of uh, Australia are all empty as well, I noticed. No, no one's going to go there, are they? Oh, God, no. <laughs> well, I was wondering, though, you know, with, with setting up the, the, the fields, like um, as you were saying, you, you didn't know how far that counted. Yeah. Imagine if you could organise the people um, on the left-hand side of Europe and the people on the right-hand side of the US to do fields right across the um, Atlantic. If you went on holiday like, and you got a key yeah, uh, and came back, that could be... <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, well, as as I say, it wouldn't be so hard because there's not lots of territories in between it. It's more trying to link up an entire country. Do you know what I mean? Because you're going to have loads of resistance in between it. But if you can just capture a coast on one side and a coast on the other side, effectively, there's nothing in between to stop it. Nothing to interrupt. That's what I was thinking. But, yeah, as I say, it's very interesting. And the... I think the other thing we never pointed out is when you're setting up your turrets, you can put defences on them. This is where I said the tower defence comes in. So you can choose to leave turrets and force field generators and stuff like that on your on your, your portals. Yeah, I've noticed that. I've picked up a few um, rare and very rare items from some of the uh, portals that I've hacked. And, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's uh, portal shields on there. Have you seen the ultra strikes where you're, you're, you do a, a focused attack on an no. area as well? So if you're in a um, an area that's got loads of the other colour... You can launch this ultra strike thing, which is like a, a really powerful but um, shorter range um, attack weapon as well. That's quite good. Nice. Have you seen what the turrets do, the way they work and stuff? Yeah, I think um, I, I fell foul of one the other day, and I, when I didn't know what they were, and I, I was trying to hack a portal in a little area, um, and it was shooting back at me, taking my um, experience or my XM down wherever it was, and I had to walk far enough away from it that it couldn't get to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you generally you're walking about and you hear a shout that you're under attack. But, <laughs> nice. uh, but I'm loving it and the thing one of the things I'm really loving is obviously there's a lot of portals in Glasgow. I don't know if it's I don't know if Glasgow's particularly popular right now because of the Commonwealth or whatever, but there is a ton of them in Glasgow. Like everywhere. Do you know what I mean? And even the, the little the little playgroundy bit that I used to play in when I was a kid is one of the portals and stuff like that. Um, I, I, it's another one of those Im- implications, though, isn't it? I don't want to stand about the playground trying to capture the portal in case people think things, but... Yeah, waving your phone around frantically <laughs> outside of school gates is not yeah. the best, is it? No, no, but, yeah, I'm, I'm 
getting a lot of mileage out of it in Glasgow and talking about mileage, it's actually making me walk a lot because if I see a portal, I'm going out of my road to get to it and, and walk into it and stuff. So well, That's another little aspect to it because it tracks how far you've walked as well, doesn't it? Yeah. And it's quite clever because it knows when you're in a car because I've tried to do it a couple of times in a car and it doesn't track the distance. But if you're walking, it's obviously based on the speed. Um, it tracks how far you've walked and that, so that's another good thing. Strap it mm. to the cat. You could do that, but I don't know if the cat's going to do much portal attacking for you. <laughs> I had um, a good play on it today, actually. I went out today to um, Stratford Haven with my friend Claire, and we were um, walking around. And I actually, before I left Stratford today, I owned the Royal Shakespeare Company, which was nice. I think I owned the birthplace of Shakespeare as well. Um, so there was, and down there, because there's lots and lots of. Um, statues and stuff like that because the portals are generally either on uh, monuments uh, famous buildings churches or blooming pubs aren't they yes um, and imagine around Stratford there's lots and lots of uh, statues and, and famous buildings and stuff so there's a big network of, of stuff in there but I didn't um, properly know about the linking until I'd left so yeah, I, uh, I, I missed out on the chance to, to link a few together but you know um Going all over the place to different places, you know, getting loads of portal keys and stuff, and uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really, um, it, give, it gives you a reason to go out and walk about, and um, certainly with me now being down in Bristol, where again there's lots of uh, stuff around down there, I'm looking forward to going downtown and seeing what it's like um, to, to play the game in in the place where I live now. It's going to give me a chance to go and see more things, you know. I think Eurogamer's got to be fun because uh, yeah, I'd yeah. imagine there'll be quite a few people playing it in the area as well. And cool for that point of view, more people involved. Well, for that point of view, I think it's it's quite sad that the two of us have went opposite sides. You think it's quite sad, but you told me to go enlightened. Only because <laughs> it's your I, fault. I think um, enlightened seemed to me like when you're looking at it from an outside point of view, rebels and enlightened. It seems like the enlightened are supposed to be the kind of bad guys, and I, I felt when I did it, there's a lot more rebels in Glasgow than there are enlightened, and I figure that's what it will be like a lot of the places. So. I was I was basically saying it for the point of view, uh, you would get more chances to take, like portals and stuff like that, but I don't think it really matters now. Now it's all fairly evenly spread, I think, around the world, and I think um, even with us being on opposite sides, you know, it might it might make it a bit more fun, and if we can get a few more people who are going down there to to get involved and and start enjoying the game, um, I know Dash has got it as well. He might be involved in it. Um, it could be you know something else to do while we're while we're walking around and uh, seeing what's going on. Yeah, I wonder if we can get um, some people listening to get involved in it and join up for Team Jason, Team Willie. <laughs> yeah, make our own thing on there. Yeah, for people going into Eurogamer, we can we can have like a, a little competition. So out of the four listeners, we can have two each yep. and um, take over one pool. <laughs> well, we can't take two each. My mum doesn't play Ingress, so... Oh, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, well, never mind. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> I just don't really get this. I don't understand right. what this game really is. It just it appears to be a reason to do exercise simulator. Uh, possibly. Possibly. Or it could be something to do whilst you're out and about anyway. Which is what I use it for. Okay. I'm, it, I'm, I'm all over Glasgow constantly because of the, the nature of my job. So it just it gives me it gives me something to do when I'm out and about. I, th- I think it's because I always struggle with games that don't appear to have a set destinational point. And this, it just appears to be an ever-ongoing game scenario. I mean, and I guess your, uh, your, your, your goal would be to try and get to the level 8, which is the ultimate... 
I mean, I don't suppose if I wasn't getting XP for it, I might get to the point where I'm like, right, what am I going to do now? I've always struggled with these type of things because I just, if I don't have something that I can latch onto as a, here is the point of the game, here is what you're aiming towards, I, I just lose any form of motivation for it. And seeing an, X, an XP bar kind of gradually increase just it isn't a huge motivator for me a lot of the time. I think the thing for me is just that the the landmarks, especially the ones round about me, it's all places that I know. And I take a bit of pride at seeing my name on the map because your portal will say, it says the owner of it. Like, for instance, the first place I captured was uh, Partick Thistle's um, stadium. I managed to cap- capture the front, back and like kind of parking lot area there and I've owned that since day one and I still, I still own it to this day and I've got like that nice little bit of pride because that's the area around about my work and I had that little one where it was like the three points all around my house and I was like no I'm determined those are mine I live here I'm going to have the po- I'm going to have a field that covers my house and I, I guess it's just that but if you don't like open ended stuff then you're not going to like it are you? So how would somebody take that off you, then? That's a bit that confuses me. Right, well, what they have to do is they have to go into range of my portal, which I would have defences on, and resonators, but they need to destroy the eight resonators, or any resonators that are on it. It might not be eight, there might just be one in something that you're destroying, but you need to destroy all those resonators. If the person has um, shields, uh, their resonators take less damage. Right, and, just um, but from a very basic viewpoint, how did he do that? How, if I just stood there, do I have to do something on the screen for that to happen, or you is, click what? on the portal and choose to attack it? Okay, and then right. how long do I have to stay there for a certain amount of time for it to eventually, for me to win it? You get these, as I said, you get XP boosters, and mm-hmm. you get various levels of, of them. They don't advise that you attack anything above two levels above you. Is that right, Jess? Yeah, some like that. Yeah. yeah. So even if you've got like a level 4 boost, I'm sitting at level 3 right now, so I can attack things that are level 5. So I take my little, little level 3 XP booster, which I'd say I've got about 50 of them. Um, each time you fire it off, it'll do damage equivalent to its level and equivalent to what shields the thing has and stuff like that, and it takes HP off. And if it has a turret, every time you do that, it takes health off you. It's just about how fast you can fire the thing and how how heavily armed you are, do you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah, it's a case, It's a case, for me, it's a case of um, you go around, you, 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 you hack these portals to collect some um, items, and then you get a chance to use those items to, to, to either bolster your side or to attack the other side. So it's kind of playing a, a tower attack slash tower defence game okay. all the time. So to, to attack something, you're, you're doing like a tower attack sort of thing. So, um, so but you're also doing tower defence to defend your own points. So have either of you gone to specifically attack somewhere, or have you only ever looked for places that are already available? Uh, well, the, the beauty of it is, you can, even though you only have your little range, you can zoom your map out and you can look at places that are a little bit further away and you can actually see which level of resonator they have on them. So if I've got a place nearby that's like level 2 resonators all around it, I'm like, I'm going for that place, I can take that, no problem, do you know what I mean? So I have went out my way for that, but generally speaking, no. What I have went out my way for is, as I say, it's it's either blue or green. As I say, my side is the blue side. Jace Jace is the green side. Uh, If I see a green portal, yeah, as I say, if it's got, if I check that the resonators on it are small enough level that I can take them on, then that's fine. But mostly, 
it's more along the lines of if you see a grey one, which is an unclaimed portal, all you need to do is just walk up to that, slap a resonator on it, and you've captured it for your side. Okay. Um, so I've I've went out my way quite a few times to get the grey ones. I don't know about you, Jess. Yeah, I was doing that today. I was specifically going to places around Stratford to um to to gain those those empty ones. Yeah, because you don't seem to get a lot of experience for actually destroying a portal with all the links on it. Um, you get you get more for just claiming the portal than you do for anything else. So it's it's cheap and easy points in it. The, the grey ones. Fair enough. Yeah, I think at these low levels, it, that's what it's all about. Get the cheap points while you can, and then you can worry about the uh, the big attacks and that when you get higher level. So yeah. how, how long would it take if you get there and, let's say, you've got a Resonance 2 um, mm-hmm. sitting there? How long would it take to arguably kind of fight capture through that? Capture an empty that? one? Yeah. Well, no, not capture an empty one. Because I'm guessing that doesn't take too long within whatever system is on the phone. Well, an actual fight would only take you about two or three minutes, would you think, Jess? Um, yeah, I imagine so. At that sort of level, if you've got if you've got the right items, you you be able to take it down fairly quickly. Okay. Um, plonk your resonators on and then move on. So um, maybe the sort of time you'd be waiting for a bus or uh, waiting in a queue for a sandwich or something like that. Right. So it's very much it is geared towards people being on the move. It isn't something that you have to sit and go, "Oh God, it's going to take me ages to do this." No. No, not at all. No. What I'm really jealous of there's a lot of people um, have portals in range of the house and I would love to have one where like my, my uncle's got one within range of the house and you can hack the same portal every five minutes for items and I think if that was the case I'd constantly have the app open and hack the portal, do you know what I mean, and just keep filling up with items every night Okay, alright, I'm just intrigued because from a, a a kind of day-to-day perspective it's good that it gets you to go to probably new places and maybe places that it's just out with your normal um, walking vicinity it's just one of the things that is the mechanic that's behind it, not good, you know, maybe a, not necessarily good, but takes a bit long or takes a bit too much work to really be enjoyable, but it doesn't sound that way. It's more it takes understanding than anything else. Once you actually get what's happening, it's not too hard to actually do the stuff. Yeah, I think it's a quick process. Once once um, I'd learned what I was doing today, I was literally walking down the street. I wasn't even stopping at places to, to do anything. Um, I was just walking down the street, and every time... Um, a portal came into my little scanner circle. I'd, I'd take some items off it, or I'd recharge some resonators. Do do the, my little actions whilst I was still walking. Um, I think your your circle is about a fifty meter diameter. So um, you know, as much time as it takes you to walk fifty meters, you, you you can have chance to do a few actions on things. You know, and yeah, if you wanted to to do a fight, you might want to stop there for two minutes or so. But uh, if if it's not uh, convenient to what you're doing, you just have a quick hack and and carry on walking. You know. Okay. The frustrating ones when you're sitting on the bus and you can't go off the path and there's one that's sitting maybe say if you say it's like a fifty metre diameter, it's like maybe it's sitting at just that like sixty point or something like that. It's just, just outside your circle and I can't do anything about it. I can't stop. Or it's on the opposite that. side of a dual carriageway. I've found that when I'm in the car. <laughs> Without going down, turning around roundabout and coming back again, you're never gonna get it and I was like, nah. Obviously, Jason has, has, has stopped at this point. Is it the yeah. hard shoulder or something? So not... Let's say that, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm not condoning anybody else to do it, to be honest with you. Right. But, yeah, that's Ingress, and I would recommend you try it, at least, Eric. I don't do mobile phone games when I'm actually on the move. Um, right. It just doesn't work for me. I've never found anything that's can hold my interest for long enough. And all the good mobile games are actually games that you need to sit down and spend about half an hour on at a time. 
uh, talk to us later, Derek. There's a few games that I, that I could tell you about. We may not have done the best way of uh, explaining these things, as we often do. We, we garble on sometimes, but uh, it's free, so why not give it a go is what I'm saying to people. So, uh, yeah, have a look on your, your relevant app store um, for Ingress and uh, see what you think. Uh, give us a shout on the Twitter if you, if you like it. If you don't like it, um, if you tell us if we're talking bollocks, we, uh, we appreciate that too. And remember, join the Rebels. Ah, fuck the Rebels. Enlightened all the way. Team Wally. Shut up. Right then, uh, that's Ingress out of the way. Um, So, we've got bigger fish to fry now. Um, As many people will know, in fact, if you've not been living under a rock for the last week um, and you know anything about games, you will probably have heard about the Destiny Vita. And we've all been playing it. So, who wants to start us off talking about the Destiny? Uh, Delph, you haven't spoken much yet. Yeah, apart from telling you that Ingress, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get Ingress, it confuses me. Uh, basically, the Destiny beta is... I don't get Destiny. Well, to be fair, part of me doesn't really get Destiny either, but we'll get on to that. Um, the Destiny beta is... Oh, it's kind of really what it says on the tin. It, it is the new Bungie game after 10 years? Has it been 10 years? Maybe maybe 5 years, something like that. But it's been, it's been a fair while since they've made anything. And this is their great new shining white... MMO slash shooter slash loot collection affair where you basically run around with a bunch of science fiction type guns and shoot a lot of aliens, get a lot of loot. In the face. Get a lot of loot and have Peter Dinklage trying to tell you a story that no one can entirely comprehend yet. And that's it summed up. (laughs) Should we we call it a podcast? (laughs) I don't think of any other way to put it, but that is basically what you do. There's not really much you can take from the beta in terms of what its long-lasting goals are. Because it's very much a self-contained five or six mission set. What it's trying to just give you is a flavour of the gunplay and the flavour of the kind of exploring and adventuring that you're going to do. And... Basically, a rough flavour of what the initial part of the game is going to be. Well, that's it. The beta's uh, obviously giving them something. Obviously, testing server loads and testing um, connection things with different people around the world and that sort of thing. Um, obviously, testing it out on three different platforms. Three different platforms? Uh, no, it's 360, PS3, PS4, Xbox One. So it's, it's all okay. it's the four yeah, consoles. Four, yeah. four, four console platforms, then, really. Um, that other thing you've got. Obviously doesn't count. Ah, yeah, no, no, Nintendo doesn't really do third-party Consoles. stuff. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't work like that. If it hasn't got Mario in it, Nintendo don't really care, basically. Destiny Mario crossover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be... Maybe one for the future. <laughs> Jump a lot higher, I'd say that much. So, um, yeah, that, it gives them a chance to test all the server loads and all the, the things. Um, but it also gives us a chance to initially just um, have something tangible other than just the videos we've seen and the, and the, the name uh, Destiny being thrown around. Yeah. Um, people are getting excited. There's only just over a month now until launch of the game, and we haven't seen very much of it until this. Um, and it gives us, like you say, a chance to um, try out working together um, in a fire team. It gives us a chance to try out a few of the missions, see how the loot system is going to work, how yeah. the um, upgrades are going to work. Um, gives us a few of the mechanics, and I think it's been positioned ideally for me i think it, it hasn't tried to give you too much um exposure to the story or, or what exactly is going on um 
but it's more about mm. showing you that the gameplay is going to be pretty good yeah. from what we've played. I mean, and, uh, it is, it's a universe-setting type scenario in many ways. It's I think they're going to do the same thing here as they did with the original Halo series, which is the main game will have a story, but it won't necessarily be the best explained thing in the world. But there'll be an overarching universe. Lots that... of uh, lots of references to things that they don't explain in it, basically. Yeah. So that, so that you can have many spin-offs and be like, right, this is this thing yeah. that we spoke about, this is this other thing, do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, it, it's... and that'll fit in with their 10-year plan for this game as well, won't it, really? Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, and it is, they're very much pushing the online aspect of it. Not necessarily cooperative. I mean, as we've all seen while playing this, you can be in an area and you can look around and there's five or six people all jumping about, going into different sections of the map at any one time, all doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. And part of the fun of it, in a way, is the fact that you can all be doing different things, but all kind of have one shared purpose at, for a couple of minutes at a time. So if you yeah. see somebody just having a firefight with a bunch of what what are they? Do we know what they the fallen, that's it. The fallen. The, fallen. the covenant. <laughs> Basic well, we'll get on to that. But you can just jump in there and help out for a little bit. Or if they decide to do one of their big big public events where a a specific action happens, there's a pile of you can all jump in at the same time and join in. But it's kind of cooperative without actually necessarily being specifically cooperative at points. You can be, if you want to go into a fire team, have a very specific, we're all going to do this, we're all going to communicate properly, we're all going to try and take it down in an effective way. But if you yeah, don't and want there are, to... Yeah, there is a... In the, the beta, and I'd imagine it'll be, there'll be more of these in the proper game, but you do get that strike mission where yeah. you need to be with three people so you can go in by yourself, but it'll matchmake you and find you a team of three to, to yeah. jump in with. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've done that strike mission both with random people and with your two good selves. And there's a there's a definitive impact if you do it with people who you're used to playing games with. Because the randoms that I was playing with, I don't think they realised the concept of if you stay al- if one person stays alive, everyone can respawn eventually. And they were all just rushing, rushing in and getting killed far too quickly. We eventually won, but it just took a lot longer. Yeah. I think that's part of the uh, trying to bring communication back into the online gaming because, as you see with all different games we play online, nobody seems to talk outside of parties anymore. Nobody's um, doing the, the random game chat anymore like they used to. Um, from what I've seen recently, certainly on Titanfall, I think I've people have ruined about three people. Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing is the PS4 comes with the most horrendous piece of equipment for chatting in the box. That the earbud is just hopeless. Um, the, the Xbox One has a better headset, but I don't know how they've done their chatting characteristics for this. Because it, it doesn't necessarily seem as if it's necessarily proximity based or not. I, it's kind of hard to figure out. I've not heard anybody say anything, even through my coming through my TV or through my connect. Never. You're right, I haven't either. Well, perhaps that's another feature that's going to come in. But they um, do have the gestures in it, don't they? Do you know what I mean? Which is a large part of the communication. Yeah, that can only go so far, though, can't it? Yeah. yeah. Again, they're not going to release everything just for the BT. You now they might not. Have, they might not have the the chat thing down properly at the moment. There might be something that's coming, but um, I think. One of the things, like you say, with different people being all in the same instance, I think you can have like 16 people mm-hmm. in the same instance at once. Um, and as you're going around the map, different people 
um, can be in a different mission in the same area or in the same mission in the same area, but going about it their own way. So yeah. um, you, you you generally find little clumps of people in the same fire teams all going around together. Um, and I can only see that getting bigger um, and, and better when there's, there's more people. Because I believe uh, looking through the menus and stuff in the beta, there's going to be like six-man fire teams uh, in, the, in the full game. So if there's like maybe four or five groups of these six-man fire teams going around, uh, yeah. that could fill the world out a bit more, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they've been pretty clever in the fact that they've put a, they've generally created one large area and put missions, lots of missions within that area itself. So it's you, there's people doing maybe the same mission as you, but they could be also doing a completely different one. It's yeah. that interaction as well, like you were saying, that somebody else could be having a firefight, you can get involved in that. And you can even revive each other from different um, fire teams as well. So those people are contiguous within your world. So the fact that you can revive them, you can help each other out, um, you can all share the loot um, if you're in the right areas and stuff as well. What does happen is, though, like most of the missions tell you to go to a particular place, whether it be a building or something like that, and once you go into the building, you get that little message through saying that you can't respawn anymore, which we found out to be not quite true. As long as one person's alive, um, after 20-odd seconds, you can respawn, but just outside the area and run back in. But once you go in there, the other players don't exist anymore. Yeah, so it separately pulls you. Your yeah, yeah it's, kind of, it's kind of like Warcraft that way, where it's like going into an instance, and it's your party is in with you, and everyone else disappears from that world. Until you go back outside. Yeah, but it's it's kind of clever in that regard. It, it knows how to segment your gameplay experience for the individual story missions, but doesn't yes. segment you within the overall world. And it doesn't it doesn't break it up either. Does it seamlessly do, um, to take take you to your own little place as well? So so Derek, you've played this by yourself because obviously I think Jace, you've only ever played it with us, haven't you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Have you had much experience with people trying to get you to join the fire teams and stuff, Derek? Not necessarily, because I played the most of this on the PS4. And as I said, that I don't think that is an audience that necessarily automatically talks. Oh, no one was talking to me, but I found... What I'd done was I was trying to get some of these um, bounties. So that there's little challenges you can take on that will get you bo- uh, bonus XP for like getting plenty of melee kills or something like that. And I had that bounty you've got, Jace, the one that gets you, uh, you need to get 30 melee hits, melee kills, sorry, without dying. dying. So uh, I'd went into the, just the kind of wide world to just run about between groups of uh, enemies. And quite a few times I would jump in and there would be like one or two people fighting a group. I would jump in, punch a few of them for them and I would get a fire team invite. So there's a lot of that going on. And actually that never happened to me at all in all the time that I was playing. It never... I never once got any form of invite or specific invite for a fire team. I, I mean, I kind of wanted to go through the initially by myself just to see how, what the mechanics were and how they would, were deciding to proposition the fights that you're going to get into. So I don't know if it was going to be on a hero slant where they had specialist areas that were very rigidly designed for a particular encounter, or whether they were going for more of a, we're just going to build a map area and will spawn enemies at regular intervals within that area. Which and is the case. Which is, that's what they've gone for in the latter. Which I have slight concerns about, because I don't know if the combat encounters will be as well authored as they were in their single-player-only games. 
I think out in the map they won't be. I think it's going to be more in the instances and in the, in the actual mission areas where they're, they're kind of laid out in certain ways. Yeah. Ambushy and stuff. I think it's going to be more from that. But it's still quite, it's still good to know that you can just run about the map and find people and have random encounters with enemies and stuff like that. I think it's because I got so used to the way that the Halo games played. And I shouldn't... I mean, it's a new product, so it's ultimately a bit unfair to compare it against what they did before because they want to try and move away from that. It just... There's parts of when I play this by myself at any rate that I do sit there and think, I'm not sure the enemies are quite as clever and I'm not sure that the environment that I'm in is quite as well tuned to the firefight. To take an example, we just finished one of the story missions that was basically it finished with the us protecting something from waves and waves of enemies. But it wasn't really that tough. Basically me and Jace just stood at the front and blasted everybody. Yeah. There wasn't any of that clever form of combat, if you know what I mean. No, no. See this this is the thing, as I say, you're as you say, you're comparing it to Halo and I know you've accepted that it's probably not the best thing to do, but I think I would more compare this to Warcraft. I've if never, you know I mean? I've never played Warcraft, for example. I've never touched an MMO in my whole life. So yeah, but just that same way that you're in the world and there's other players running about, you can jump in and help them. The only thing is, you get shared experience in this, even if you're not in the same fire team. So if I run into an area and help someone fight that person, I still get some of his experience and they get some of mine. Yeah. Which isn't so bad, but yeah, it's just that basic way you're running about the map and the enemies aren't too clever. They just uh, rapidly respawn back in the area where you killed them at least they don't just appear in existence so they kind of yeah. get dropped in, in little drop ships and stuff but the way you can run about farm them for as I said for melee hits or for ammo anything you want do you know what I mean experience it, it just it reminds me a lot of Warcraft mm-hmm. and a lot of features that I do like the, the the leveling up system and the equipment all feels very Warcraft like as well so, as I said, I'd, I'd look at this as more being Warcraft, the sci-fi shooter. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it, it's fair to say that um, lessons have been learned from the successful bits of Warcraft. You know, it's, it's the most successful online thing that's ever ever been around. And um, to, they'd, be, they'd be wrong if they're, they're trying to make this um, big online experience that's going to last for 10 years, they say. They'd be wrong not to take some of the good points from that, and I'm sure they're taking good bits from, from other experiences as well and try to bring lots of good bits together. And I, I think, from what I've seen so far for me, it's, it's succeeding in it. Um, I think there's lots of legs in there for um, the character customization and equipping of uh, your weapons and stuff, and even the way the UI works in terms of um, equipping your character and stuff. It, it's You haven't got to fight over equipment. You get your own equipment, you get your own ammo and stuff. Um and simply go in, pause the game, choose which things you want to use. Um, it, it's quick and easy to upgrade and to um, equip your character without taking you out of the experience. I think um, those things are really important in the gameplay side of it. Yeah, I mean, how did you how did you both find the actual the aspect of shooting, which is really at the end of the day that is going to be the bread and butter of this game. That's what it relies on is an enjoyable shooting experience. Not necessarily as long as the guns feel good. If the combat's a little bit not up to the best in class. As long as the guns feel good, that, that tends to negate that sort of aspect of it. I love the weapons. I think, um, especially with the whole every weapon's different, you're picking up like, random ones with different powers on them, different types of fire and everything. I think you get 
really personal with your gun in this. I don't know how you guys felt about that, but the gun I'm, I'm holding right now is... I love it. I know how it fires. I don't like any other guns. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. It does, yeah. And I, I, I think um, pretty much the same. And I compare it really to the way we play Borderlands as well. Um, obviously in Borderlands, because of the way that the loot works, we have our own set weapons that we like to use. Um, you know I love the snipers and stuff. Um, whereas you like the automatic weapons, Will. And I think when I picked the Hunter class in this, uh, it was it was spot on for me because it's sniper rifle based. Um, he's, he's, he's got his own um, things that fit in with me. So when I when I picked up the sniper rifles and I could use them just like I did in Borderlands, um, it was fantastic and it, it just felt so familiar to me that having weapons that fit my style of play, even so much as um, obviously we've been playing Borderlands too, where I've got the guy with the sword. Um, being the hunter, I've got the guy who can throw his knife and stuff as well. So it, it all kind of fitted in with that for me and I know you you, you like a different class to me you went the warlock didn't you uh, both me and Derek went warlock uh, actually the I, I'm actually a titan I saw that I actually ended up titan class I think so I think you were a warlock and I was a titan oh right okay well yeah I went the warlock um, the warlock his ability is he kind of throws a little grenade out and a lot of my the abilities um Revolve around trying to get your grenade faster, which is good. Like uh, I've got a melee attack. One of my abilities makes my gives me a stronger melee attack, and every time I melee, it builds up my grenade bar faster. So my character's all about throwing out these little psychic grenade things to take everybody out. Yeah, yeah. I mean the tank, the one that I've got had effectively a Hulk smash, for one of a better phrase. The only problem I found with it is that. It, the range in it is just too short. You have to really get up close and personal with them for it to be effective. But in a larger firefight, that just leaves you so open to being, well, creamed basically by them that at times it struggled to make it a really effective special weapon or a special ability, I should say. So I wasn't too sure about that one. I kind of have to. I played a different class on the PS4 version, and I think I kind of the warlock because it allows you to do good range control and not necessarily have to be upfront and personal with everybody all of the time. Yeah, I like the um, having the the special uh, attacks in there as well. The one for the the hunter I was playing um, gives you this golden gun, so you have like an, an overpowered gun. Um, and you get three good shots on that, um, so that was nice. It, it's really good if you if you save that to you're in a, a bit of a sticky situation, you can. Um, pop you two bumper buttons to uh, launch your golden gun and it gives you enough powerful shots to get yourself out of trouble if you like and, and, and get away so See, that's quite good whereas uh, the supercharged move which is the one you're talking about with the two bumpers um, the one that I had for the warlock is it fires out like a giant energy blast that is devastating you know when we were on that uh, strike mission at the end and we were fighting the level 6 captains that would come out every now and again I was pretty much firing my uh, this that giant energy burst thing. I think it's a Nova Blast. It's called. Yeah, I was yeah, firing that, and it was pretty much taking out a captain with one shot, which yeah. was very nice. And I think if anybody played the beta as a, a proper fire team on a consistent basis, something cooperatively with people that you know, I can't imagine really that you, that you can get any real satisfaction playing it solo after that. To be honest, it is no. so so heavily designed as a multiplayer experience. 
that well, I think, and I found this playing solo, is you tend to just get, it's going to sound a bit weird, but you tend to sometimes just get a little bit bored because it yeah. relies on the dynamics of the three different players working together. That if you're doing it by yourself, you're literally just facing waves of the same enemy. And you end up just running about, trying to hide a little bit, coming out, shooting somebody, running away, hiding a little bit, coming back, and it's not as much fun, to be honest. Yeah, and I know exactly what you're talking about, because the other night, uh, Saturday night there, they launched the, for two hours only, they, they, they put out the moon content, Boo. which was, I know Jason missed out on this, unfortunately. I think it was a bit crap that uh, the time period they gave us to tell us it was going to happen. I know they told us to come online at 9 o'clock for a gift. Do you know what I mean? But I think if everybody knew we were going to get to do this extra mission, I think a lot more people would have made plans to do it rather than just having it sprung on them. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah I went to the moon and when it happened, I believe the servers weren't working properly, which is, was the whole point in doing this 9 o'clock at night thing was to stress test them anyway. And as soon as it came to that point, I never seen a single person in my game that entire night, and I was playing it after the moon as well, and I just couldn't see any other players in the game, even when you would go back to the tower, which I'd imagine we'll talk about in a wee minute, but I played that entire moon mission myself, and you know what that one's like, Derek, when you get to the end, and they're all pouring out of this door, Yeah. and it was, it was just, it was a bit of a fight for my life, but it wasn't the fun kind that we had on the strike team mission, it was just really tedious, as you say, shooting conga lines of enemies just running at me. Yeah, it's, you know what I mean? it's really odd how not seeing people's names in the world, just running about, suddenly makes the whole thing feel a lot, lot emptier. Yeah. It's a lot to do with the fact that there's not a lot of dialogue in the game. Yeah, Peter Dinklage uh, tells you a little bit of exposition of where, where, where you've got to go next, that but generally speaking, most of the time I'm not even listening to him, to be honest. Yeah. I'm just reading the little objective and going for it. Um, <clears throat> but it's not like a game that has lots of characters shouting things and, and anything interesting happening in it. It's just enemies running at you, growling while the soundtrack plays and the sound of gunfire. So I think that's a lot to do with it. If you're playing it with other people, even if you're not talking to them, there's a bit of interaction going on there. There's, again, with the gestures and stuff like that, there's a bit of fun going on, do you know what I mean? And I think that's what adds to the game. It makes more of it than, than it probably yeah. is. Out of interest, of course, again, what did, what do people think of the enemy types? Because you had a range of cannon fodder there and you had a range of harder enemies. Did anybody have was any... There a range, was there? Well, yeah, because you've, you've got the one... You've, you've got the kind of standard grunt type enemies, which are called... What's it... Dregs, 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 and then you've got the shielded enemies, which are captains. You've then got the more hardened enemies, that are knights that can put up a hardened shield in front of them. They all are basically halo archetypes. You've even got a flood archetype in there, in terms of the, what were the acolyte? You've got your standard grunts and elites slash shielded enemies. And then you've got the Brutes, which are basically the Knights. And you've got the Flood, which are basically the Acolytes. And you've got the slightly harder Flood, which are basically, again, the Acolyte Leaders or something like that. So it's it's very much... You haven't strayed too far away from their 
what they know best in that regard. But it didn't make them any less fun to fight, I found. My main issue, Derek, with, yeah, you just described all different types of enemies there, right? They're not very distinguishable from each other. They all just look like the exact same thing. Really? When you play Halo, you've got like the elites, the the difference between an elite and a grunt is two completely different species. Then you get the jackals. You get so like everything's very distinct. Do you know I, what I mean? I think I can understand from a visual aspect they don't look necessarily a huge amount different visually. They don't. There's nothing that necessarily stands out that would make you go, "Oh, that's that enemy." They've got their own visual design, sort of thing. Well, I'm yeah. not sure. The big purple ball thing didn't look very much like <laughs> the guy with four arms. Yeah, I suppose. And you get the little shank things that I thought were called sharks that that kind of float about the place. But the actual kind of on foot enemies. The actual creatures, I found they all look very, very similar to each other. From a design aspect, it didn't make them as fun to shoot as, like, for instance, the Halo enemies. You know what I mean? Again, this isn't the, the final game. They're just showing us some enemies. Oh, right, they, they might only be one type. There might be maybe five or seven other types of enemies. But um, oh, I think they were different enough. You had the guy with the four arms, the guy with two arms, the guy with the shield, the guy was invisible. There were enough different enemies in there, I think, for... Five missions that we played with the big, obviously the flying wizard guys who've thrown loads of stuff at us. Just to point um, out though, Jace, I did see from a combat point of view there are differences. I'm pointing out about the aesthetics of the game, and that's what I was meaning visually. It's not they're not entirely interesting. Well, they are certainly through my sniper rifle scope. Anyway, yeah. I can see the little nuances when I'm shooting them in the face. They've got different faces to shoot. Right. Yeah, I mean, I can I can sympathise with Will's point and. If you just took a, if you lined them all up in terms of the infantry units on the ground, you not, would not necessarily see a huge amount of difference apart from maybe the captains, who have a lot more resplendent armor. Yeah, I get the impression it's obviously because it's the one species. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe you get the ones that have got four arms, but I get the impression most of them look very, very similar to each other underneath their armor. Do you know what I mean? Whereas obviously in Halo, it's Again, I know we're comparing it, but what else are you going to do? Uh, but obviously in Halo, Halo, you've got the the Covenant as a collective of diff- a collective of different species, and each one has its different role in the combat. So that's why they're so easy to pick out. But I get the impression this is one race. Yeah. Yeah. You know I, I mean, I, and that obviously explains it. And as I said, it comes down to how good they are to fight as much as anything else. I mean. Yeah. It does get. Re- Repetitive a little bit if you do play by yourself, as was mentioned, but they are still interesting to fight for the most part. Definitely. Um, the, the the tower. What do we think of the tower? Yeah, so the tower is obviously the hub world where you can go back and uh, have a bit of time away from missions to do your upgrades and buy some stuff and find new missions to do. So that was it was it was a nice little place to to, to go away from. Have um, a dance. Yeah, we had a dance, obviously using the gestures and that. Uh, I think some of the best fun we had was in there, um, trying to find the, the stupidest place to do a dance or um, trying to get all 16 people that were in the instance that you can't talk to to all come and have a dance with you in the same place or all just sit down in a circle like fucking idiots. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on. Did you, you still haven't had a chance to play football in there yet, have you? Uh, yeah, we had a game the other day, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's quite cool. I like that. You get the little little soccer ball, but you also get the big purple kind of bouncy ball as well. And everybody yeah. just kind of runs about, and you can kick it about the place and stuff like that. That that's it's, it. Just shows that the developers are 
putting a lot of scope in there for people to do their own thing and muck about in the game, which is fun. But it's also a nice place that, to, um, obviously because when you're in the missions and stuff, you can't really pause the game. So it's a place, if you know you're going to be away to go for a drink or whatever, you can bring your fire team back to the tower, you can go off and do whatever you need to do, um, and you, you people can go around and, and check the shops and check their messages and check this up and the other, uh, or just to fuck about for a little bit um, while they're waiting for, it, for the team to all be back together and go ready to go into the next mission. So I think having that little hub world to take you away is, is, is a nice little touch. I mean, it's also a place you can do all your shopping, and if you discover encrypted items during the mission, there's somebody there that will unencrypt them for you and tell you how good your loot actually is, all that sort of thing. Which is, again, it's that's taken from a lot of things like Diablo and Torchlight, where it's a mystery item that needs to be discovered by somebody, basically. That was the game. I was trying to think of which game I'd done that in before. It was Torchlight I'd done that in. Yeah. Where you get the, the mystery items you need to take back and have someone look at for you. Yes. Yeah, so again, it, it kind of goes back to that whole Blizzard approach, doesn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a large amount of people from Blizzard that have come in to help them with those sort of aspects. Mm-hmm. And to help them find a way to get a a good feedback loop to the player in terms of oh you've got this look how good it is or look at the stats and look what it can do because that, that's all brand new territory for Bungie. I mean they've never done anything like this before. No, and I think they've done it quite well as well. I think they've, when when you go into your equipment and stuff, it's obviously got a big bold number there, so you know that this one is better than this one because you can directly compare this one's 29 this one's 33 so you, you you're upgrading and stuff that and that's what i was saying before it makes it so easy and fluid to to do all your equipment and stuff because you've got those big bold numbers and it's, it's got yeah. graphs of how powerful your weapons are and stuff like that it's, it's all up there and easy for you to see and i think they've they must have gathered all these good bits from other other titles and things that worked and tried to pull them all together and I, I really respect them yeah. that. Yeah. although I wouldn't I would implore people not to just focus on the, the big number on the weapons and armour because quite often they have little sub abilities that are quite worth having a kind of maybe three or four drop in armour to have them equipped. Yeah I mean certain, some of them have elemental effects that um, buff the, just the standard attack as well so it's but it's like many other games in that elk and that it's a it's a benefits versus cost. I do you want to take the higher stat but maybe lose out on the elemental effect or do you think the elemental effect will suit your style of play a little bit better? Yeah. That's much like Borderlands, isn't it? Where we, yeah. we you might you might um have a weapon that's got super fantastic power but the fire rate's really low so you don't really want to use it except for specific parts and um the the loot system in Borderlands was obviously fantastic. We 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 all love that, all three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's comparable enough. I think at the moment, obviously, there's not massive drops from everything you shoot. Yeah. Um, but th- I think that the loot system is is something that I want to explore more, and uh, it it will drive me to do more of my exploring around to find the loot caches as uh, I like to do in all games. Yeah. The thing I do find interesting about the loot, which is something that makes it difficult for us in Borderlands sometimes, is you, you don't get shared loot this time, so it's not like a, an enemy drops an item and someone takes it. It's just your drops are your drops, Derek's drops are his drops, and mine's are mine. We don't see them. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Which also is a thing that happens in Warcraft when you're running about, so you don't get people fighting over like, the legendary drop that came from a boss. If there's a legendary drop, one player randomly gets it, and that's it. Do you know what I mean? 
Um, I think that's a bit more interesting because when we play Borderlands, obviously me and Jace played the first one and most of the second one uh, before you joined in, Derek. And yeah. our way of playing it was we have the weapons between us and said, right, you take these weapons, I'll take these weapons. And it meant like whenever a good sniper rifle dropped, Jace would always take it. Or whenever a good assault rifle dropped, I was all, I would always take it. Which meant there was no arguing over loot. I've always been somebody that prefers a weapon that has a high fire rate over a weapon that is more accurate, but... Same. But I think with this system, with the fact that you're, you're the only one that has access to your drops, means we won't need to argue about that, and I can no. quite happily use sniper rifles and not have to worry about Jace having the better ones and not have to worry about him, me having the best assault rifles. We just take what we've got and use it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Which I like. Yeah, but I'd like to be able to do a bit of trading as well, though. Yes. Because um, obviously everyone's got their own playstyle, and us working as a team, we know what our sort of playstyle is. Mm-hmm. You know that I'll hang back, search around the place, and use sniper rifles as much as possible. Um, so if there's some tradability there, um, or even if, if you've picked up... Um, an item of armour, which is a duplicate of what you've got or something, you might want to pass it on to somebody else. So yes. hopefully there's some sort of trading in there so you can all try and help each other out. But it's not forced upon you, like you say. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. did you ever try dismantling any of the weapons or armour? Yeah, I've done lots of that. They're not worth a lot of money once you dismantle them. No, but sometimes you get um, different parts and stuff as well. So I've got some weapon parts from dismantling weapons and things like that, which will help to do the upgrades further down the line. So I think there's more depth to... Um, dismantling stuff, but uh, yeah, yeah the, the being able to share stuff and, and help your whole fire team out um, is is a good thing if it's if it's built in properly. Yeah, I think that that will all probably come in the full game. I can imagine that's something that's unlocked a bit later on. Because a lot of what they do is in terms of the uh, loot and the progress is it's very much a lighter version of the kind of the main genre. So a lot of the MMO stuff is you get a weapon, it does have a big number on it and it has basic stats, but it's not to the same level of an RPG or an MMO where it's plus one here, minus one there, defense plus three and all that. It's generally a lot more streamlined than that, so I think mainly not to put people off as much as anything else. Because I think they're still aiming more mostly for the shooter crowd with this. I don't think they're going for a for the MMO type of crowd. I think that it's very much a, you play shooter games, here's something that is a shooter, maybe just a little bit different at the same time. Yeah, it's got some layers behind, behind it that you can uh, you can suit it to your own style, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the the last thing in particular I want to talk about is the multiplayer. Did you, you didn't even get a chance to play the multiplayer, did you? No, I've not, no. And I'm... I'm to be honest, from the, from what you're going to say now, I, I'm I'm fairly okay with that. You you've played it though, Derek. Yep, I did um, play it, and it made me realise why I enjoy playing Titanfall because I don't spawn and die after a few seconds, and then spawn and then die after a few seconds, and then spawn and then I die. Mean, when I played it, I've never lost a game in the multiplayer yet, and I've always been a kind of middle of the table uh, member of the team as well. So I didn't have that experience. For whatever reason, and I don't know if it's because I went into the mode that it didn't balance the guns, or whether it's because everybody was a level 8 and had particularly uh, picked yeah. out... I, I, it's very, it doesn't have the same feedback. I don't know what I am doing wrong in that multiplayer yet. 
Whereas I can tell you what I'm doing wrong in Titanfall as soon as it happens. I don't feel I'm making any useful contribution in the Destiny multiplayer because I don't really know what I'm doing right and what they're doing right or what I'm making a mistake in because they seem to kill me in about three three shots. Well, what I found is, to explain what I've played in it, um, I, I, I believe the only multiplayer map is the moon. Uh, Venus. Uh, play in any... I was playing in Venus. Venus is... Yeah, it was Venus was the multiplayer arena that I was playing in. Right. Well, either way, I think I thought it was the moon I was on, but maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. But either way, I was constantly in this same kind of grey map uh, with, with a few little buildings in amongst it. Uh, lovely, luckily enough, you get um, lots of these little vehicles which you got on the moon mission, which is what kind of made me think I was there. Um, which is like kind of like we never even mentioned this, you get a speeder bike in the game that you can spawn at any point while you're playing in an actual mission. Uh, the, the the little ones that you got on this were kind of like the speeder bike, but a lot slower and fatter, but they fired rockets. Uh, I thought they were quite useless, because by the time I was level 8, my guns did more damage than the rockets did. Okay. To be honest. And it made me quite vulnerable, because it was a big target. And it seems to be when someone, when you shoot the the vehicle, it takes health off the player. So, and I found they were actually quite useless for me. Uh, in multiplayer, I tended to use my own speeder bike to get between objectives, because I played three matches, and every time it was, uh, what do you call it when it's like three different zones you need to keep control of? Do- domination? Domination, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, each time I played it, it was a game of domination, and I would just use my speeder bike to get between one place, capture it, move on to the next place. Most of the times I wasn't getting kills. It was mostly about capturing territory for me. So maybe that's where okay. we were playing it different, different. You were kind of throwing yourself into the fray. Well, I didn't. The games that I was playing weren't based on the moon, and I don't think I could have probably used a speeder bike, but I didn't really get any indication that was the right thing to do. Right. All, all the maps I was playing, again, it was hard. Well, effectively, it was domination, and it was based in uh, Venus, which was a big. Big yellow map, for one of a better phrase, because that's 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 seemed to be the primary color focus. Is if you're on Venus, it's all yellow. Don't know why, yeah. it just is. And there wasn't any vehicular play at that point. It just seemed to really all just be people running between the different areas and shooting everybody else. And I I just I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't really find... Also, the announcer that you've got in is the most boring-sounding person yes. I think I have ever heard in my life for a multiplayer event. He just sits there and says, B's been captured. You've got A. And there's no... You don't feel it's an event. You just feel it's somebody who's actually noticed and thought, oh, wait a minute, I better tell them something's happened. Yeah, like he's sitting there, like he's sitting there reading his paper. Yeah. And suddenly gets a little, oh, I better tell them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it, I, I felt that as well. And I'm not saying that everyone has, you know, he has to be over the top and massively excited about what he's doing all the time. But capturing any point or neutralizing any point, it just didn't feel that exciting. It just felt, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you don't really approve. Thanks. I want the Halo guy in this game. I want them to change it for the actual game career. I want that Halo guy to be telling us triple kill. I like him. I mean, to be fair, I think I think I'm in the same boat as Jace in that this is a cooperative multiplayer game for me. I don't have any intention of touching the competitive side of it because 
I, I don't kind of see the point, actually, to be it's honest. It's not as strong suit at all, is it? It's um, it's not as deep as Call of Duty when it comes to the the, the multiplayer. Well, well, to be <laughs> fair, we we don't know that yet. I mean, we've only you've only given us a very brief taste, so I don't know if you've got any concept of specialist multiplayer stuff in there. They might do. We we it's hard to say at this point. Yeah. The only but, question I've got about it, having not played this multiplayer, I will go back to this as my frame of reference. What is it like in terms of? mobility compared to Titanfall? It is the same speed as the main Destiny game and that is pretty slow paced, it is pretty methodical. There isn't any of the parkour skills, there's not any of the quick reactions you get as in Titanfall for example, or to be fair as in something like Battlefield or Call of Duty. It's effectively the same speed as the original Halo multiplayer which was quite slow and quite methodical. But at least in Halo multiplayer, you were a tank and you could take hits. Do you know what I mean? Whereas in this, it seems to be with everybody playing in, it's around about the level 7 8 mark. And even if you are level 8, it only takes a few shots from a player the same level as you to kill you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, well, so yeah, that's. It's, I just it's like that. Up. It's like Halo, except you're really, really vulnerable. But everyone else is as well. If you can get someone in your sights, you're probably going to kill them. I just found I was dying so quickly. By the time I realised where somebody was shooting me from, I was already dead. Well, it sounds like, for these reasons, I'm out. Yeah. The only thing I can see as a benefit to it is that you get to bring all your, your gear and all your abilities that you got in the single-player game into the combat with you. So, like, I was using my supercharged move on people, which was really handy, and, you know what I mean, using all the equipment that I had. Yeah, that, that's the only benefit I can see to it, but I don't think that's enough to keep us playing it. What I wouldn't like to see is people gaining a big advantage by playing lots of competitive stuff and being able to take that into the game. I don't know if yeah, that might break it, it a bit. Well, you get crucible loot, don't you, as well? If you win matches, you get, you, get, you get weapons and armour given to you. I'm hoping, though, that they only keep that to the crucible itself. You get crucible loot for the crucible. You do not get crucible loot to use within the world. So it works one way, but not the other? No, it's just a piece of equipment, because I won a piece in one of the matches that I'd won. It was just like a pair of shoes or something, and I think my character's wearing them okay. right now. I don't know that it's going to be more more powerful than the stuff that you find in the game. The only thing about it is we've seen some of the, the limited merchants that are in the game selling banners that you need to have killed enough people in the Crucible for and they were also selling level 20 guns that you obviously couldn't use anyway but that you needed to kill a certain amount of people in the Crucible to get as well so we are going to have to play that at some point if we want those things Yeah, The only reason it concerns me is when you've got the fire teams all going around in the map and stuff and as we said before we're all sharing a firefight or getting involved in the same firefight, what you don't want somebody who's played a bit of Crucible unlock this ridiculous weapon that bosses the firefight and you don't have that experience yourself, you don't you don't feel part of it. That that really sticks out as a potential issue for me. I don't think they would do that to be honest. I, I think the boots that I'm wearing aren't entirely like powerful compared to everything else I've got. It just happens to be the best stuff that I've got, but they're not like a massive leap and bound above what I already had. Yeah, you know it wouldn't mean? be an asset to weapon though, would it? A bit, a bit of armour may not be a difference, but weapons yeah. would, would be where it makes a difference. I think it's just one of many ways to grind for new loot in the game, to be honest. I don't think 
I can't say, obviously, we don't know, but I doubt it's going to be like ridiculously overpowered stuff. Yeah, I can't imagine that you would get something in the Crucible that isn't that doesn't have a like equivalent in terms of power within the main campaign. Because I think a lot of people would sit there and say, "I don't want, I didn't buy this for a competitive multiplayer experience. Why are you forced me to have this to get the best guns?" Yeah, my thing, I think they've missed the trick. Whether maybe they haven't missed the trick, maybe it's just what they're showing us right now. But instead of just multiplayer death matches like you get in everything else. Imagine you could have had uh, multiplayer missions where you had players on either side fighting for different objectives. And to be fair, that you're right, that might still come. They've only shown one mode, to best of my knowledge, with this, so... There's yeah, a lot I would come. be much more interested in, in that if it was, like, instead of just doing a straight-up multiplayer, it's like you actually go into the world map, and when you go into the instance, it maybe loads you up with another fire team who are trying to do the opposite of you, kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know though. We'll see if that's the kind of thing that comes. I think just doing straight up death matches though is a bit of a letdown compared to everything else in the game. Well, the thing is, yeah, we'll, we'll know soon enough. I mean, it's it's released in what just over a month at this point. Yeah, so, a month and a bit. Yeah. So, just to bring it to a close, and I think we've yapped on about it quite a long time. And a lot of people have played it, and as you say, we, we've only got five or six weeks until it's out. So, let's go around the table. Just. Um, Give it, let's give it um, a, a concise version of what we think, um, how interested we are at the minute. Will? I think uh, the game itself, like from an aesthetic and a lower point of view, but obviously it's what we've seen in the thing, I found it to be very wooden. But I think the combat is very tight. I love the weapon system. I love levelling up. I love the, 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 um, love the chances for dicking about in the game that, that are many. And I love the team aspect, like just joining in with other players. So this is a must-buy for me when it comes out. Del? I enjoy the cooperative aspect of it, both from an organic and a planned viewpoint. And I think playing with yourself and Will is going to make this a fantastic title. So I'm very interested in seeing where it's going to go. Yeah, um, I'm, I can echo what you said, really. Um for me, it's going to be another Borderlands. So the, the fun we've had in Borderlands, with extra bits added on with um, with the online stuff, um, I'm definitely going to pre-order it now after playing this. I was going to anyway, but uh, for me, it's going to be a book of day off work game. Um, like very few games are. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, massive do want from me. And uh, with that, I suppose you should bring this to a close. Unless anyone's got anything else to say. Nah. Nah. So cool, yeah. Um, as we said before, if anyone is going to get involved in Ingress, um, give us a shout and let us know that you're, that you're having a go, or let us know you've tried it and you think it's a load of old cack. Um, chastise us for recommending something that didn't appeal to you. And um, if you've got any thoughts on what we said about Destiny, if you disagree, if you agree with us, uh, all your feedback is always greatly appreciated. You know where to get hold of us by now uh, on the Twitters at console underscore ninjas, on the emails console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. And we look forward to speaking to you again shortly. Uh, this was show 49, so the next one is going to be the big 50. Um, well, it's not that big, really, is it? But it's 50, so we might make something special out of it. Um, so, yeah, watch this space and we'll catch all of you soon. Cheers, I spy. See ya.